But this morning, we're going, to, we're going to pray now, but before we do that, this morning we're going to focus on overcoming obstacles with God-given authority, and we're going to deal with some of the ites you know, that, that Joshua refers to, and that's why we're only focusing. It's seven of them, and I wish I could speak on all seven of them today, but that's impossible. Yeah, so that is why we're only dealing with four today, four of the seven, and I pray that you will remember what, it, what they stand for and what, a, what the meaning is of all of that here today. But before we do anything else, let's just pause for a moment and just look to our God and King, the one who is in control all the time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your presence in our lives, even when we are not even aware of it. You are there, Lord. Every battle we face, every struggle we face, every challenge before us, all those great moments, those highlights in our lives, Lord, you are part of all of it. And we thank you for that. What an adventure it is, Lord, to have you on our side. What a privilege it is to know that we are never alone. And we thank you for that. And we pray this morning that even as we listen to the word that you will minister to us and challenge us, Lord, not to be like any one of those arts, but to overcome those arts in our lives. Father, we pray for those who are in need of prayer. We think of Sunay. We pray that you will be with her this time. And thank you that she's at Rosamund and we could, we could get to her and uh, minister to her and encourage her. And we pray that you will just be with her right now, Lord. Watch over her there where she is. Minister to her, Lord. I pray that your presence will be real to her today. Pray for Heather. Lord, we commit her to you and we thank you, Jesus, that she's, to, she's in the UK. And Lord Jesus, you often, Lord, we don't understand and, fa uh, and are not able to fathom the delays that you bring about in life. And sometimes we think it's we are the cause, and sometimes we are. Of course, we are. But then many times, Lord Jesus, there are delays because you know what to do. You have a bigger picture that, that you are aware of, Lord, and you take us there in ways that only we, you know, Lord, and we would never be able to understand. But we thank you, Lord, that you are there with Heather, you are surrounding her with your presence. Lord, I pray that Cynthia and Anne will just be at peace, knowing that you are in control. The family will be at peace. You are there, Lord, with her. And you are, every step of the way, Lord, you are ministering to her, and you are making yourself so real to her as well. Committed to you. Lord, we also want to pray for Sean. We pray that you will be with him, Lord. That's Lord, we just commit him to you, and you know how to work this one out, Lord. And we just commit him to you at this very moment, and we pray that right there where he is at this moment, you will speak into his life. You will, Lord, be, be so close to him. He will be so overwhelmed by your presence today, your love for him, Lord that he will just, Lord, hold on to you, look to you, 
fix his eyes on you, Lord. We commit him to you and we pray that you will carry him and keep him during this time, Father. Now, Father, we thank you that we can commit ourselves to you. And Lord, each one of us have battles. But thank you, Lord, that the victory is already there because you go before us to fight those battles for us. And you make a way where there seem to be no way. Now bless us further, Lord, and thank you again for this day. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's, uh, let's just read those few verses in Joshua chapter 3. We've already gone through the whole book of uh, the whole chapter 3, but now we're dealing with all the ites there. And verses 9 and 10, that's, where we, that's what we're going to focus on for, for, for today. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out drive, drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites. So I, I pray that I'm, I pronoun, I'm pronouncing these, these names correctly. The Perizzites, not the Perizzites, but the Perizzites. The Gergeshites, the Amorites, and the Je I hope I'm also even saying the Jebusites or Jebusites, whatever you call it, them names. May the Lord just bless the reading of his precious word here this morning as we look at these ites today. What we have is not firepower, but divine power to demolish strongholds in our lives. Second Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, the weapons that we fight with are not of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's what that verse says. A stronghold is anything that exalts itself in our minds, apparently or seemingly bigger or more powerful than us. That's a stronghold when something seems bigger and you give up. And you give in. A stronghold is a superstitious belief, an addiction, wrong thinking, and despair over loss, despair over hurt, a disappointment, whatever you call it. But you just despair all the time. You are in despair all the time. It is something that consumes our emotional and mental strength. That's, what the, that's a stronghold. It consumes our emotional and mental strength. The book of Joshua lays a foundation as it teaches us how to conquer territory as it applies to our Christian walk and life. Many dismiss the Old Testament as irrelevant and of no application. But the Old Testament gives us tangible examples of spiritual realities and truths that are timeless and applicable for today. That's what we can read. We can read about it in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, where Paul says these things, these things happened as examples in order to warn us. I'm just paraphrasing that, but that's basically what he says. And we must remember when the Apostle Paul wrote these words in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, when he wrote these words and when he wrote all, his, all those pastoral epistles and all his books, 
the Old Te New Testament was not part of the canon of Scripture yet. It became part after all the writings. You can get the picture. So the people were focused more on the Old Testament and learned from the Old Testament as examples. It's there as an example. So there are still profound lessons for the church today from the pages of the Old Testament. Just as Israel of Joshua's day had a territory to conquer, in our day we too have territories that must be brought under the Lordship of Christ. I'm sure you have that in your notes. The Great Commission instructs us to make disciples of all nations, not just converts of them, but disciples of them. We come alongside them, we teach them, we mentor them, in, our, in other words. And that's the Great Commission uh, is all about. Uh, you know, it, 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 it instructs us to make disciples of all nations, not, not just converts. For us, these nations, now I want you to hear this, these nations resemble seven domains that shape society today. Talk about the Great Commission. Seven domains. Now you wonder, what are you talking about now, Pastor? That shapes society today. To disciple a nation, we must bring these seven territories under Christ's domain or under the domain of Christ, the power of Christ. Each of these domains presently have specific evil principalities ruling over them. According to Ephesians 6.12, you can read it there, that we have our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the dark powers, the evil forces of this world. But Christ has already paid the price to redeem them and to redeem us. And he's, he is seated in heaven waiting for his enemies to be his footstool. According to Acts 7 verse 49, which says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. It's under his feet. The nations are under his feet. Issues and battles and struggles are under his feet. It should be under your feet as well. Is it under your feet this morning? Seven enemies needed to be conquered before the children of Israel could take possession of the land God had promised them. And that's the first one we're going to go to here this morning. Seven enemies, and we're only going to do four today. The first one will be the Canaanites. The Canaanites, verse 10. It means, a Canaanite means living a double life. I'm asking you this morning, are you living a double life? Are you living a double life? I repeat that. Living a double life. The enemy is most noted for its trading or trafficking. That's what it's about. This, this enemy here, the Canaanites, is for trading and trafficking. Human trafficking. We hear about human trafficking and all of that here today. Hey? About trading as well. It comes from a root that uh, uh, um, it comes from a root that denotes being brought under and into subjection. Isn't that human trafficking? Right? Be, uh, being brought under and into subjection. It, it speaks about giving into earthly passions, such as addictions, dependency, and 
pleasing people. This is the Canaanite spirit, Moses of Miranda of the Canaanite spirit. This name means merchants who humiliate and is motivated by greed, perversion, and manipulation. <laughs> Are you still with me? But, we, but you see, uh, there's so many believers that are like, you know, that's part of this, and they, they live lives of manipulation and greed and all of that, perversion. There's so many of them who are addicted to certain things, and, you know, there's a dependency on some things and so forth. They're not on the Lord, and yet they still want the Lord also to, on their side. That's what we talk about, the double life here. But we cannot serve two masters. According to Matthew 6, verse 24, the danger of living a double life is not that we fool others, but we end up fooling ourselves. James 1, verse 8 says, a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. Eh? Instead of getting rid of them, yeah, when I think of the Canaanites, instead of getting rid of them, Israel allowed them to remain among them. Did you hear that? Instead of getting rid of them. And so many times there's things in our lives, instead of getting rid of it, we hold on to it. We allow it to remain in our lives. We know it's negative. We know it's not supposed to be there, but we allow it to remain there. Isn't it true? Think of yourself. What is it, what is it in your life that you've allowed to remain there and you know it's not right? That was a bad decision that not only haunted Israel all through the Old Testament, but still haunts them today. They still haunt it today because they've allowed the enemies to remain among them. Still with me? Huh? <laughs> Are you still with me or not? I, I didn't hear an amen there. So <laughs> Adam and Eve, but now let's think of, we, talk, we spoke about human trafficking a little bit there, I didn't go into it in detail, but we thought, what about trading here? You know, Adam and Eve trans, Eve's transaction with the devil occurred in the form of a trade. Yes, Adam and Eve's transaction with the devil occurred in the form of a trade. Trading the greater for the lesser. Genesis 3 verse 6. How many times doesn't that happen in our lives? Eh? I trade the greater for the lesser. I know that's more important, but I want to do this now. Isn't that true? And they were cast out of the land of the garden, Adam and Eve. The Hebrew word for deceived here includes the idea of purchasing something on credit, as in a buy now and pay later transaction. And when we think of this buy now and pay later transaction, we realize what happened to Adam and Eve. And the consequences went beyond them. Went way beyond them. They had to pay later, and the world is still paying because of their failure. The human race is still paying because of their failure. But we can't even blame them because we have a choice. In the matter, isn't it? Isn't it true? Think of Esau as well. Can you remember Esau? He traded his birthright. How do you like that? 
His authority as the, the, as the oldest or the elder brother. He, he traded it for a bowl of stew. What have you traded for something much cheaper than the very best? I'm asking you here this morning, what have you traded? What is it that you've been trading with? From the beginning of time, God has always wanted us to only have the best. But because of disobedience, we have brought less into our lives. Have you brought less into your life? It should be the other way around. From the lesser to the greater. That's how we overcome this Canaanite spirit. From the lesser to the greater. Not to conquer your spiritual enemies is to be conquered by them. Isn't it true? To be conquered by them. Eventually you become like them. You act like them. You even walk like them. You sound like them. Spiritual enemies. Eh? And they will take the first advantage you give them until step by step you are brought down by them. And Revelation 6 2 speaks about riding on a white horse. And being a conqueror. And also, we know Romans 8 verse 37 speaks about we are more than conquerors. We are overwhelming conquerors in him who loves us. <clears throat> there are things that God has told us to drive out of our lives. What is it that you need to drive out of your life this morning? Maybe it's selfishness. Maybe it's throwing a pity party. Maybe it's convenience. Maybe it's attention that you seek. Maybe it's self-worship this morning. Maybe it's refusing to take responsibility. Whatever it is, it's got to be driven out of our lives. It's got to bow down. That's strong. It's got to bow down. The Canaanite spirit operates through people's emotions and tries to sift or confuse a person's mind. Can you see what happens with this Canaanite spirit? It's still in operation today. Jesus told Peter in Luke 22, 31, Satan has desired to have you. Satan has desired to have you. That he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, the Lord said to Peter. That means... Sift you as we. That means to mix up and confuse your mind. Can you see what happens with this kind of nice spirit? That's why we've got to overcome this. It's an obstacle. It's a challenge. It's a stronghold. This stronghold wants to deceive you of who you are and what you are. And when you are being deceived, you begin to think, this is what I am. And yet, that's not who you are. You are more than a conqueror in him. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Lord has accepted you just as you are. He loves you unconditionally. He has great purposes for you. He also wants to distort your emotions. Feeling sorry for yourself. Self-pity, isn't it true? Stort your emotions and feel like you, you're on your own. Nobody cares. 
That's what, that's what the, the stronghold does. It also tries to destroy your potential of who you could be in God's army. Suddenly now your potential is destroyed and now what is left? Your life could be so much more meaningful if you totally destroy the strongholds, the stronghold in your life. You can overcome obstacles, brothers and sisters, as you navigate all the challenges you face with His power and His power alone. It is His power that is at work in our lives all the time. That's the Canaanite spirit. It's a fleshly spirit. It's a, a life a living a double life. There are so many believers living double lives. They want to be, you know, they want to trade with the world and they want to traffic with the world. And they, but they also want to be part of the church, part of the body of Christ. You cannot do both. You cannot serve God and the world. Yes, you are in the world. Please don't get me wrong. All of us are in this world. We've got to make an impact in this world. But let us stand out for doing the right thing, for living godly lives, lives with God-given authority. But secondly, there's the Hittites. Whoa, it's quite, quite a tight issue here, yeah, hey? The Hittites. The Hebrew root word for Hittite comes from a word meaning terror and leads to being shattered, broken, confused, fearful, anxious. Is that what you are? I'm so shattered. I'm so messed up. I'm so broken. I'm so confused. I'm so fearful. I'm so anxious all the time. Do you think a child of God is anxious all the time? Fearful all the time? Confused all the time? Even if your life has been shattered by something, you still rise up. You still Stand strong, regardless of what has happened. Do not be anxious. Philippians 4, 6 speaks about that. And Deuteronomy 129 also speaks about the fact that the Lord will go ahead of us and fight for us. If I think of the Zetites, they were giants who brought distress, brought disorder and discouragement to others. But brothers and sisters, we should only fear God, not anything other than God, and not man. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. And I love the verse in Proverbs 18.10, all of us know it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs to it, and they are safe. Terror and fear are directly related to human effort instead of trusting God. Are you trusting the Lord? Are you approaching His throne of grace with confidence? As Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Or are you leaning on your own understanding? According to Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Are you leaning on your own understanding or are you leaning on Him? What is the thing that makes you afraid this morning? Fear will waste you. Did you hear that? 
Fear will drain you. Fear will make you timid. But oh, praise the Lord for Second Timothy 1 verse 7. What does it say? The Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. Joshua was warning them about how the Hittites would try to intimidate them. You know, and Proverbs 12 verse 25 speaks about when you're anxious, an anxious man, it's like a weight that you're carrying. But then it goes further, but kind words will just lift you up. You know, when I think of the Hittites here, the history is filled with wars, rebellions, and fighting. When Israel came into contact with the Hittites, no peace could be established. But constant squabbles, and basically they made life in Israel miserable. Life among the Israelites, miserable. The spirit operates through torments. Have you been tormented by something here this morning? By someone this morning? When I think of torments, I, you know, the thing that came to mind when I, saw, when I thought about torments, and as we prepare, I prepared this one as electric, electronic harassment and tracking is a big thing today. When it comes to torments, I say, electronic harassment. Because torments is another word for torments, is harassment. Electronic harassment and tracking. Your cell phone number. Did you hear that? You have a cell number? Your cell phone number is also a, a point of contact for the enemy to use and torment you aggressively. <laughs> it's many other things. I'm not going to mention all those things. But how have you been arrested lately? WhatsApp? Twitter? Where have you been arrested? In which way have you been arrested? Enemy is out to torment us and to arrest us and drain us until we are, have nothing left to give. But praise the Lord, we have the victory because of Christ. You should say amen to that. We have the victory because of Christ living in, in, inside of us. And that is why Colossians 1.17, one of my favorite verses says, Any more things hold together when everything seems to be falling apart. Any more things hold together. The Spirit operates us through torments, also through depression and deceit. Its purpose is to destroy human lives and all faith in God and, and His Word through the bondage of fear. And I can speak so, such, a, say such a lot of things about fear, but we're not going to go into that here this morning. The Hittite spirit manifests itself in panic attacks. Did you hear that? And confusion. This person had a panic attack. The person's confused. Eh? That's, that's the Hittite spirit that manifests itself through panic attacks and confusion. The Hittite spirit causes us, causes us to think and act irrationally. The Hittite spirit is behind suicides. Are you suicidal this morning? It's the Hittite spirit that is behind suicides. It causes people to be afraid of being hurt or rejected. So they build walls to protect themselves. They want to pray. Now they want to protect themselves. <laughs> 
and they build walls. You know, that's, that, that's the Hittite spirit. Those who procrastinate, those who refuse to contribute. If you're a believer, refuse <laughs> to contribute, you just want to sit back. Those who slander, those who gossip, those who spread rumors, have the Hittite spirit working through them. Those that discourage instead of encourage have the Hittite spirit working through them. Those that have a desire to control the actions of others have the Hittite spirit working in them. Are the Hittites in your neighborhood this morning? Are the Hittites in your home this morning? Are the Hittites in your workplace this morning? Are the Hittites in the environment you find yourself, even in the church, are the Hittites? They they are alive and well, but praise God, we have the victory. Because every stronghold must come down. And will come down, has to bow to the Lordship of Christ. We have the Lord living inside of us. He's, he's not on the outside if we are children of God. He's living and dwelling inside of us. And because of that, authority that we have in Him, not our authority, His authority, we have the victory. But what about the Hevites? <laughs> It's all H-I, Hivites. It sounds so funny, eh? Meaning nomadic tent dwellers. That's the third one. And they represent restlessness and an unsettled life. You restless this morning? Are you unsettled this morning? Why don't you surrender to him? And why don't you allow the Lord to have his way with you? Matthew 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, those who are weary and restless and unsettled, and I will give you, I will give you peace. I will give you rest. Hivites are wandering aimlessly and living without purpose or vision. You can read that in Proverbs 32, 33. 233. Wandering Emily and living without purpose or vision. That's the, that's the Hevites. Eh? One of the descriptions of this word for, from, an, uh, an, uh, from an Arabic standpoint is to roll oneself in a circle. How do you like that? You roll yourself in a circle. <laughs> wandering and wandering and wandering and rolling yourself in a circle, running in circles and accomplishing nothing. John 12, 19 speaks about that. Running in circles and accomplishing nothing. They lived by phrases such as, if it feels good, do it. Look out for number one. Hivites, eh? To conquer this enemy means, first of all, to confess our sin. We've got to confess our sin. Lord, I've been running in circles. Lord, I've been doing my own thing. As to allow the Lord to clean us out. And for us to submit to his lordship in our lives. You see, when I think of Hevites, they want to be a part of the church. 
But they sit on the fence. They just sit on the fence. They are just fence sitters. Sit on the fence to be accepted by their friends. Is that what you are? I'm just sitting on the fence because I want to be accepted by my friends. First Kings 18 verse 21. It was, was it Elijah that challenged the people. How long will you waver between two opinions? The Lord is God. Follow him and worship him. Luke 11 verse 23 also speaks about, you know, uh, refers to that kind of a thing. You are either, either with the Lord or you are not with him. The Hivite spirit caused them not to be able to walk in the authority God has given them. You need to walk in the authority. Brothers and sisters, walk in the authority that the Lord has given you. Walk in that authority. And now you, we will still deal with all of those authorities and all of that, but for now, we just want, I want you to hear all of this before we deal with all the others, uh, the rest of it later in this month. But then, the, you know, when I think of the Hevite spirit, that's what we've got to walk in the authority that the Lord has given us. How privileged we are not to walk on our own, but to walk in His authority. We have His authority. And then, fourthly, uh, the parasite, not the, uh, as I said, uh, not the parasites, but the parasites. Eh? The fourth enemy were the parasites. They were people who had separated themselves and lived in unprotected, unwalled villages. That's, uh, that's, those were the, uh, the parasites. They had no discipline and no restrictions. They were known as inhabitants of the open country, characterized by unprotected villages and cities without walls. Can you imagine a city without walls? Unwalled cities depicts life without boundaries. They lived lives without boundaries. There were no boundaries there. Yeah, I want to say this year, this morning, we step out, outside God's protection. And we live without boundaries and we step out of God's, prote uh, of God's protection. We are outside what He really wants for us. And can we protect us there? Of course, He will still protect you. But what kind of protection is there for us when we are outside God's walls of protection? That he hedges us in, and he protects us. <clears throat> when I think of the parasites, are you, I hope this makes sense. Are you still with me? You see, we step out of God's protection. We step outside God's protection when we walk outside those boundaries that he has set for us through disobedience to God's will and through, our, um, through just wanting things our way, and so forth. This enemy would like us to believe that we can have our cake and eat it too. That's the parasites. Eh? Not the parasites, eh? parasites. But in reality, it will only lead us to a vulnerable place where we can be trampled down and plundered, according to Proverbs 25, 28. The parasite spirit seeks an unguarded, listen to this, an unguarded opening in your life 
or an unguarded moment. Did you hear that? That's the spirit of that spirit. An unguarded opening in your life. Or an unguarded moment. And it wants to squat there. Be a squatter. Yes. I don't think you want any parasite to be a squatter in your life. In your home. In your family. In your work environment. It can cause a lot of damage. When we leave an opening unprotected. We know what Ephesians 4 verse 7. Do not give the devil a foothold. Let us not give the devil a foothold. In no ways. Let us give, let us give the devil a foothold. Joshua warned the Israelites that when they entered the land, they were not to let their lives go unprotected. Yeah. In other words, do not get careless or drop your God. Don't drop your God. Child of God, don't drop your God. The devil in Job 1 verses 10 to 11 watched for an opening in the life of Job. And this was a godly man. A God-fearing man, the Bible says. Yet the devil watched, looked for an opening in Job's life. But God protected Job's person. And Job, God protected his influences. I want to say this, God, the devil is always looking for an opening in your life. Pray for your families. Pray for your children. Because the devil is looking for an opening even in their lives as well. Pray protection. The, the Lord's hedge of protection over their lives. I say this to you. Pray the Lord's hedge of protection over their lives every day. Not some days, every day. Over your life as well. Every day. Because the enemy is always watching and waiting for an opening. He is not omnipresent, but he has a lot of demons operating on his behalf. And they tell lies to him as well. Because he's the father of lies. They will tell him even lies as well. You must watch out for these demons. Don't, but you don't have to be afraid of them, though. Remember that. Watch for an opening. He's always watching for God protected Job's person. God protected his influence. Lord will protect you. He's there to protect you. These are some of the areas the parasite spirit looks to attack. I just mention a few and then we're going to close. The spirit of a parasite is one of low self-esteem. Can you believe it? Low self-esteem. <laughs> a feeling of insignificance. Believing that you are not acceptable of doing anything right. Or you are not capable, rather, of doing anything right. There are parasites here today who have allowed the devil to beat them down and convince them that they are not good enough. That's parasites. You're not good enough. You will hear that voice the whole time. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. A parasite needs to take a stand. If you, you know, if I want to say this, as a believer rather, we need to take a stand and pick up the shield of faith. Put your trust in the grace of God and, and have the faith to move mountains. Matthew 17, 20 says that you do, as a believer, have the faith. As small as your faith is to move mountains. 
Parasites are everywhere. Be aware of it. They are constantly trying to bring you down to their level. Did you hear that? They, bring you, they want to bring you down to their level and they get it right. Telling you that it cannot be done. Have you heard that? It cannot be done. Numbers, it already started in the Old Testament. Numbers 13, 31, when, when those men who had to explore the land came back with a negative report. 1331 to 33 came back with a negative report and said, we cannot conquer this land. There are giants in this land. And we seem like grasshoppers in their sight, in our sight and even in their sight. We cannot have this grasshopper mentality when we face a parasite. You've got to stand strong in the Lord. Are you a parasite this morning? Are you the one who always sees the black cloud and never the silver lining? Are you the one who always sees the negative side of everything and everybody around you? Are you the one who thrives on bad news, loves to tell others the bad news, and if there is none, try to create bad news as well? Are you a parasite this morning? Some people love to have drama going on. They love drama going on around them all the time. That is the spirit of a parasite. And it is still alive today. But praise God, Luke 10, verse 19, what does it say? God has given them authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions. He's given you the authority to trample upon them and be more than a conqueror in him. And I want to close this morning with just a few statements here when I say, you know, because we're going to, still going to deal with the authority that we have over this. Legacy living is seeing the time we have on earth as an opportunity to make a difference. Authority living, legacy living, is seeing the time we have on earth as an opportunity to make a difference. You make a living by what you get. Isn't it true? Nobody saying yes, I don't, not even hearing a, uh, Fabian saying amen, Pastor. You make a living by what you get. You leave a legacy by what you give. Did you hear that? You leave a legacy by what you give. Legacy is what we give. And to have this, we must live beyond ourselves. Did you hear that? You live beyond yourself. And when you look at everything that we've mentioned here, you've got to live beyond the parasites. Live beyond the, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Canaanites. You've got to live beyond that. Don't, don't get stuck there. You must live beyond. We must live beyond ourselves. We choose a bigger vision when we live beyond ourselves. We choose a bigger purpose when we live beyond ourselves. We choose a bigger outlook that touches others when we live beyond ourselves. If we live only for ourselves, we will be stuck. Because if I live for myself, it's very small. Isn't it true? But when I look for others, it stretches and stretches and stretches and stretches and stretches. And I'm making an impact. Isn't it true? Yeah, you've not, you seem to be nobody's in agreement with me here this morning. If we live beyond ourselves, we can grow past 
us and discover what God can do. And that's the secret. I've got to live past us. I've got to live past myself. <laughs> I want to say this. Living for a cause bigger than us is thrilling and it is exhilarating. Why do I say that? It's exciting because there's growth. I'm growing. I'm developing. This is where we come alive because God made us for more than just me, myself, and I. Isn't it true? Give us, leave a legacy. Take us, leave a mess. There's something about the heart of a giver and the act of a giver that ripples down from generation to generation. Think of the Lord. He gave his life, his all to us. And today we still Feel the ripple effect of the cross and the power of the cross. We still feel the ripple effect. He did not stay in the cross. He went beyond the cross. We still feel the ripple effect of a sealed tomb that could not hold him. And he is risen and alive today. We experience that ripple effect. Isn't that true, brothers and sisters? So give of yourself this this week. Give of yourself this year. Add new footprints, unshakable footprints to your life and to the lives of others. Give us, leave a legacy. Take us, leave a mess. Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. So much more that we could share. But we have to stop because this thing just goes on and on and on and we don't and we need to and yet Lord we need to hear this about all these acts. And Lord I pray that we will not have that Canaanite Canaanite spirit of living a double life, thinking that we are fooling others, yet we are not fooling you, and we're not even fooling ourselves. We are our greatest enemies, Lord. Lord, I pray that we will not have that Hittite spirit where we, we live in fear. F fear of so many things. And we allow fear, Lord, to overwhelm us yeah, and make us so timid and so weak and we give up so easily. Lord, I pray that we will not have that Evite spirit. That Evite spirit, Lord, that that thinks that it's okay not to even have God on your side. Lord, forgive us for having a parasite spirit, for being negative when we should be positive, for, be, for being discouraging when we should be encouraging, for, for living a defeatist life and speaking defeatist words and adopting defeatist attitudes when we are more than conquerors, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will bless us this morning as we move with your authority into any situation 
and make a difference, Lord, wherever we go. And leave a living legacy. Here's a living legacy of your greatness. And where it has a ripple effect wherever we go. We worship you, Lord, and we thank you for this day. And bless us further, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.